on this episode of Why Watch That. She's coming for daddy. But you know who plays daddy? Who? Joe Morton. (laughs) (laughs) It was fun and, by the way, representative. Who knew that you could do both? Who knew? Who knew (laughs) that you could just tell a story and not have to make everything woke? Was it the leftovers? It, you better believe. Look, let me tell you something about the leftovers and add that. Look, yo, I'm telling you, I, the leftovers has some of the greatest performance. Look, they just <laughs> I threw Regina King in the final two seasons. I mean, this is like any. Between the good wife and the good fight. <laughs> Bring her the baby into the courtroom. Right, her and her kids. <laughs> Get them, Martha. You know what? I am mad at you, Martha, with her wine glass in this Q&A. Why Watch That as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome, Welcome to, to Why, Why Watch, Watch That. that. Critic? Yes. Critic! What? Have you heard? We just got a buy me a coffee page. <laughs> What's that? Boy, come on. It's a place where listeners can support our work for as little as $5. $5. Pretty much the price of a coffee. I don't drink no coffee. What you talking about? Well, you don't drink anything but water <laughs> and eat raw potatoes. But... <laughs> I guess they can buy you a popcorn. How about that? (laughs) Yeah, right. right, right. (laughs) Well, everyone, look, visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash why watch that to support our work or purchase our valuable resources. Yeah, you know what? We just added the TV trackers to help you curate a collection of shows you'll love to watch. So find this and more ways to support us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash why watch that. So, Critic, are you going to buy me a coffee? Maybe. The Why Watch That Talk. Well, let me tell you. Uh Uh-oh. Big things come in small packages. (laughs) Right, Critic? Yes. Do small things come in big packages? I want Yes. Okay. All right. (laughs) Molecules. (laughs) Atoms. Electrons. Protons. Oh, I don't know. Um, Well, for this episode, certainly we're going to pack a punch. Um, In more ways than one, you'll find out why. We've got, we're going to talk TV, and then we're also going to have a movie talk that, let me tell you, when we get there, Mm. we go there. That's all I have to say about that. And just note that we did um, see that movie talk way back in January at Sundance. So I can only imagine our fresh thoughts. But before we get into that. Oh, what a tease. I know. (laughs) Let's go to a couple premieres that have started, you know, it's the fall. New blossoms are blooming and um, (laughs) foliage is falling and shows are dropping. So let's start with our kind of people. And we can say that. Uh-oh. Or can we? Oh. <laughs> or well, can we? 
Uh, <laughs> this your kind of people critic. <laughs> Don't you do that to me. You from Baltimore, so that's all I'm saying. We, yeah, but these people are Martha's Vineyard. They ain't nowhere near the Baltimore. And the people, I, my kind of people can act a little better than them. They, they need to get this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, this is on Fox. So mm. um, you can always dip over there and check it out. Or do like I do and watch it on Hulu. The, the, but um, oh, say that again. <laughs> our kind of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what we have is there's a woman played by Yaya DaCosta. Every time I see Yaya, I'm like, no, America's Next Top Model. I'm sorry. Yes. I mean, wasn't she like episode two? Season two. I mean, not ep- season two. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not episode two. Yes. Like, because I remember um, the one that the girl, Eva won. Eva won Eva. that season. Mm-hmm. Oh, and she they was were the runner both up. that season. Yes, she was the runner up. Yeah, it's like Fantasia and uh, um, J Hud. You know, yes. year of, of of that was so much packed in that second season. So that was a great season. I remember that. Yes, and remember she spit out the food. They had the Japanese food, the umeboshi. This yes. is so many years ago. How do I remember this anyway? I don't know, but but we we just have good. Maybe we watched it on on a on a rerun. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard anybody say rerun like that. I don't know. Rerun. <laughs> <laughs> well, you talk about Martha's Vineyard, so come on. Well, <laughs> you better. Well, let's do it. So she plays Angela. Angela has a teenage daughter and she has an aunt, by the way, who is played by uh, 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 Debbie Morgan. Oh. Now, oh, Debbie is showing up now. I'm so glad. She is. She is. I miss, I love those dimples. <laughs> and, and you know what? She is, she brings a groundedness to craziness that I enjoy. Um, yeah. So, okay. So, Angela's mother has passed away and she's left like a building, a shop in Martha's Vineyard. So, they go out for the summer to get some coins. Okay. Oh, collect that uh, cash. That's right. Because Angela has all of her mother's skill in hair care. Oh. And in particular, hair care for our kind of people. Aha. Uh-huh. Now, you know, if you go to Martha's Vineyard, people will look down their nose at you, but depending on where you came from. Hmm. And Angela wants to get into this incubator program to really climb the ranks. And this incubator program is run by a husband and wife team. Uh, Morris Chestnut is the husband. Raymond. Oh, Morris is showing up. Oh, my goodness. And his wife, played by Ryan Nicole Brown, is Lauren. Now, Lauren's father has this billion dollar company and she is second in command. Does she want to stay that way? Uh oh. She's coming for daddy. But you know who plays daddy? Who? Joe Morton. <laughs> <laughs> so you know oh, what that's gonna Joe. be. Yeah. I don't uh, know. She might she might need to step take a couple steps back. And he is Teddy. So <laughs> Teddy and Lauren, oh. I mean Lauren thinks she got him, and he's looking at her like, okay, all right. Now they Lauren and Raymond have a teenage daughter and so on and other kids, whatever else they got. So all these people come together and what happens? What happens with the kids? Some secrets might be unearthed. Oh dear. And some secrets definitely will be unearthed for these adults. I'm going to tell you that. 
It's a lot of crazy stuff going on here. Now, as you watch this, you find out that Angela is connected to these people in ways that, oh, will you have seen it coming? Probably. Because who's her father? Oh. We know who mom is. We know who the aunt is. We don't know who daddy is. Who daddy? She never met her father. Is he in Martha's Vineyard? Mm. Now, or wherever they are, I'm saying Martha's Vineyard, like that's where it is, wherever they are. So, oh, oh it's not Martha's Vineyard. I don't know where they are. <laughs> oh and it doesn't even matter. They may as well be there. Now, look. Oh, no. This is what I have to say about our kind of people. The first whoa, whoa, whoa. Episode, you mean the show? The show. Or? That's right. Okay. <laughs> Put that in quotes. So, the first episode, I was kind of entertained. I would say that. Uh, it's a lot of explaining and signaling and stating of the obvious, but it's a primetime soap opera. Oh, you know, fine. I wasn't that mad at it. Um, the casting I thought was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, you know, why not? Why not? And then we got into the second episode and I was kind of like, <sighs> some of the reveals, like they they do this, reveal that it's like is that a reveal like mm. you didn't really milk this thing like if <laughs> like in this i can't believe i'm saying this right now in the landscape of storytelling from hollywood everybody's milking everything just moving along that's every every time i watch it something that's what i'm thinking but here i'm like wait a minute slow it down you gotta film that <laughs> it's a soap opera. what are you doing are you gonna just say oh this is my daddy like we knew that was your daddy that's it come on y'all we have to be more inventive and creative with the soap opera stuff so after the second episode i just i was like this is come on y'all come on now and it is of course uh lance gross plays this guy who likes angela why is he like i don't have no idea i mean it's okay okay you got joe morton and he's doing joe morton from scandal he's doing that We'll take it. We'll take it. But in the second episode, you got to wait till like the end for the man to show up. Like, no, you got to know where your bread is buttered. So with all of that said, I would say this. If you like revenge and scandal, all American and empire, all four. And maybe a little Tyler Perry, it sounds like just a little bit. You could throw that in there too. I I believe Lee Daniels is involved in here or somebody. Yep, he sure is. Okay, Lee Daniels. Okay, then Mm -hmm. we can just do it. Got it. Star, like, all that stuff. They, if you if you like that, our kind of people, or maybe your kind of people. <laughs> oh well, let's let's stay black, shall we? Because we're gonna go to the Wonder Years on ABC. Um, for you listeners, we are we are black, so we we, <laughs> we, we can do that. Um, the Wonder Years, but not the way you quite remember the wonder years i feel like we talked about this already but i talked about it because i was so excited about it returning to us but in a different way and form and even i believe a different time i don't think we were quite in the i don't know were we in the late 60s it was Mm -hmm. like it's like 69 i couldn't remember if the other wonder years was was that wouldn't that be fun if they met each other oh my gosh but anyway yeah no but if they were they'd have to travel because this is set in, you know, in Alabama, yes, yeah, in, in Alabama, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, and we and do we know it? 
do we know at the first couple of episodes because something major happens historically that really does hit the family in many different ways. So what are we saying? The Wonder Years is back. It is the same kind of tone. If you remember from the uh, 80s, the Wonder Years, which I mean, it put Fred Savage on the map and we didn't know who Fred Savage was. Yeah. And it put him on the map along with an amazing cast back then. And I remember, I'm really dating myself. I remember watching it and just being like, ooh, this isn't just for me. Like I, I knew as a kid mm. that this, even though they were, it was a surrounding by kids, it felt like the continuation. And, and I do remember it coming out. There's a movie um, that... I think still stands to this day. It's a wonderful movie. It's called Stand By Me. Mm. And it came out in the 80s. And if you took Stand By Me and made it an episodic, but dove into the family Mm. of those kids, you would get the wonder years. And um, I know you're going to make an observation for everybody because we talked about it. But that's the impact that it had on me, the wonder years. Um, And now it's in... A different perspective it's on it's from a different perspective yes it is from the black perspective but the black perspective in the late 60s so i think we're bound to come across some things aren't we That's and right. by the way fred savage um directed the pilot yes mm-hmm. you better believe it um and it is set in 1968 all of that is going on so if you put together what i said and what the ref said you can imagine what the event is so we have events. Yes, events, that's right. <laughs> we we do have um a family, of course, just like the original. We do have a voiceover, this time by Don Cheadle. And his character in the younger version is Dean Williams. Now Dean has an older sister, but not an older brother. Yes. And a, He's off in Vietnam. Oh, yes, he, that's right. Yes. Not not mm-hmm. in the show. And not in the house. That's mm-hmm. right, not in the house. And he has, of course, two parents played by Dulé Hill and Sekon Singblo. So, hey, hey, be cool. Be cool is all <laughs> Bill says, the father. Because, you know, he's like a musician and that kind of thing. So, you know, everything is be cool, whatever happens. Now, is everybody going to be cool or not? Now, we know, of course, that Dean has to go to school. He has friends. Does he have a Winnie-type character in his midst? Yes. But is it like Winnie? Well, watch it and find out. And of course, he has his best friend. Now, they're the black kids at school in a class of white kids with a white teacher. So how is that going down? And this relationship thing that's going on among these three is going to get very entangled as you watch the first two episodes. Hmm. At the end of the first episode, there is an echo of what happens in the original at the end of that first episode, but it's a twist on it. And that twist, how does that make Dean feel? Hmm. Now, Dean's sister, of course, is all about, hey, you old folks, that is her parents, Hmm. uh, y'all are not involved in the movement the right way. So she has ideas about action when it comes to rights and things like that. Is she right? Who's right? Who's not? This is always a generational, intergenerational 
conflict, which is a part of the Wonder Years, and they have that here. Yeah. So as you go through, at the end of the first episode, a tragedy happens, just like the original, and you see what how that affects their personal lives. Now, the question is for this iteration, what's the wonder part? Mm, of the wonder that's years? interesting. Interesting. Because the original... When Because I watched the first four episodes of the original again, just to get my bearings again. The original, it is explained in the first episode what that means. It's about them living on their block, regardless of what was happening in the larger world. At that age, this was their wonder years. Now, speaking of the original, watching that again, Ref, I'd forgotten it. I remember watching it but not literally the exact mechanism of the show. Mm, mm -hmm. So watching the original, it was like stepping into another place in time. Even for the 80s, I was like, wait, this is a half hour dramedy without a laugh track. In the 80s, now that would be a shock. The reboot, I wasn't taken to another place. It felt like, It felt like they were using a period piece to do today. That's how it feels to me. Um, It's like if Blackish took over the Wonder Years. Now. But not as sharp. Yes. Exactly. Uh, The the previous seasons of Blackish, not. Exactly. Not early Blackish. That's right. And that's why, again, if it took over the Wonder Years, you might get something like this. Because my main point is this about the reboot now. When you compare the tragedies at the end of episode one. In the original, it was specific to the block. Mm-hmm. Now it was within a national tragedy, the Vietnam War, but it was specific what happened to the block. And it was something that happened in the original where Kevin did something, he was about to get it. And then they got this news and the show yeah. turns on its head. Watching this version, it was more like a general reaction to a national tragedy. And then they use it for humor. So that to me, it was just a bit strange going from episode one in the end into episode two. And you'll see how they use that at school and so on to get out of things. It just kind of trivialized it. And I wish that they would be more daring to get the drama again that was in the original. I think that's an interesting observation because they missed it. Here's how they missed it. It's in Montgomery, Alabama, mm-hmm. not in Mobile, Alabama, or in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. It's literally Montgomery. So that's for, without giving it away, I mean, you can figure it out. Yeah. But that's hyper-specific. So it would have been nice to have that local, you know, more of a local like, ooh, you know, hey, I, or he's my, or we went to, or we go to his, you know. Yes. And have a character in the show be personally connected. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yes. And that's what's missing because they're doing today. And that is a mistake, in my opinion. Now, is this bad? No. I think if you want to see a uh, blackish kind of wonder years, then you're going to get it from this iteration. For me, I'm going to be cool. 
<laughs> you know, I watched both um, episodes. There's only two out as of taping. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. Um, the Wonder Years, however, I had to look it up. I'm like, that was an hour long. And I was like, oh, no, it's a half hour. Yeah. What they were able to pack in a mm. half hour did not feel, it felt like an hour dramedy. Yes. This feels like a half hour. Mm. And it's because we haven't, um, this iteration feels like a half hour. It's because we don't have enough meat on the bones. So we don't have to start from scratch because we already, you kept the title, you've kept the around the same year, you kept the tone, you kept the narration. We don't have to start from scratch. So I would really have preferred a little more meat on the bones, but I love Don Cheadle narrating. He's just got that. The kid looks like Don Cheadle, which, <laughs> you know, sometimes casting, they just put anybody, you know. Um, and But it feels like this would be Don Cheadle, at, like our Don Cheadle growing up. Yeah. Um, I love Dulé Hill. I think he can almost do no wrong. Love him on stage and off stage. Just a brilliant performer. Um, there, there's some new talent, and it's clear, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's um, uh, so so the performances aren't consistent, but the kids, for me, are doing a great job. I enjoy yes. the children, and that's what you want from the Wonder Years. And just to end it, and we can move on. The Wonder Years really is about understanding. It's, it's Stand By Me. It is literally stand by me. The people were influenced by it. It's That's what it is. It is seeing a world through a child's eyes and making sense of it through a child's eyes. That's what the Wonder Years is. You know, what does it mean to be in a relationship? What does it mean to, to, to love someone? <laughs> what does it mean to even, even a child, you know, it's, a teenager what does it mean to do something mm. you know what does it mean to be cool as a kid and so that's if they can get over the hump of like smelling like just like oh we're in the wonder years and we're black and it's great yeah. and that's wonderful as soon as you just get to the storytelling i think this perspective could be super interesting especially if the the older son comes back yeah. Or if some, you know what I mean? We could really dive into some things. So hopefully they'll be able to, to do that. But Fred Savage, like we said, did direct the pilot, which I thought was probably such a full circle moment for him. Yeah. Now we ain't done yet. Uh -oh. BMF. Uh oh. <laughs> this is on stars. And if you know, <laughs> stars is, you know, or they say orange is the new black. I'm gonna say stars is the new black, but um, but no, no, no. This has already been renewed for a uh, you know season two, so we stars is very kind to renewals. I mm -hmm. feel like they they don't just they at least give it another season to give it a, give it a shot. They'll cut you off after that, but you know once they find a, a rhythm, they'll be like, let's give it another try. So BMF, I did not get a chance to see this. You did. Mm -hmm. What are we dealing with here? What is BMF? It's, black, it's black Mafia Family. Oh, I thought it was something else. <laughs> something, something way more, way, way more uh Sam Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is based on a true um drug and money laundering organization. So there you go. It is executive produced by Fiddy. Fiddy. 
So, okay. And interestingly enough, so it's it's two brothers, uh, Meech and Teak, short for Demetrius and Terry. And uh, Meech, Demetrius Flannery, is, is actually played by the real Demetrius's son, Junior. Oh, playing his that father. could be awkward. Okay. Yeah, playing his father. Okay, do tell. And, yeah, and Terry is played by Da Vinci. Okay. So, they're brothers, and Meech is the older brother. And they're in that life. They're in the game. Now, Meech has dropped out of school. Terry is still in school, and he's smart. He has a baby on the way. Mm. So, he's got money to pull in. And they're still living in their mama and father's house. Okay. Do they know? Well, hold that thought, my friend. Okay. So that is Charles and Lucille, played by Russell Hornsby and McCole Brianna White. Got it. And they also have a younger sister, all living in the home. Now, the parents are struggling monetarily, okay. which is why Meech would do this, why he would drop out of school to go, you know, sell drugs. Now, Terry interestingly enough, is more interested in the drug stuff. You get the sense that Meech is doing it out of responsibility. It's what I need to do. Terry's got kind of the taste for that life. Mm, mm. He's in school. So how do the parents receive this? They blame Meech for all the troubles. He's not in school. Terry is. So anything that happens because to Terry is Meech's fault. Mm. Now, my brother and I watching this, we're kind of annoyed at that. Because, Terry, it's time to speak up and say, no, I'm doing this because I want to do it. And it's not like he's that much younger than Demetrius. Okay. Okay. He's Mm -hmm. old enough. Now, so that's the dynamic in the home. Are they going to stay living in the home? How do the parents, you asked, Ref, how do the parents find this out? Do they always know? Do they Uh suspect? Is there some overt actions going on? Mm. Now. Demetrius is dating a woman. And this woman is connected to someone who's just gotten out of prison or something like that. And he wants to reclaim his territory. Now, how's he going to do that? He wants to pit some of these rival factions against each other and have them knock each other out. Now, he'll knock you out too. Okay. Mm. But that's something that he wants to do. So he's trying to orchestrate this, but his baby mama, what does she think about him? And what does he think about her? So the thing about Demetrius and and Terry, they're smart. Demetrius, you know, he knows how to be patient because at the end of episode one, something happens. Uh Uh-oh. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. And Demetrius has to act in episode two. And he gets pressured by, you know, the people under him to do something. Oh, okay. And he's like, uh, I'm in charge. You could sit down because I got to figure out what the doing is actually doing. So I can do what I need to do to stop that doing. Okay. Mm-hmm. What does T think about this? How is he involved in all of it? And what do the parents think? Yeah. That's enough. I'm not going to give anything else away. Oh, dang it. Sorry. Now, this is taking over for 
Raising Canaan, Power yep. 3, which mm-hmm. I enjoyed. I did. You did. You did. Is this a good replacement for that? Yes. Whoa. Yes, I, look. Stars is coming. Like, I, you? Hey. I am not a snob, even though I sound like one. I am not. You just want to be entertained. Thank you. Respected. Are you not entertained? Which, by the <laughs> way, do you know they're doing a sequel of that? Ridley Scott is doing that of, of Gladiator. Anyway. Why? So we'll see what that's going Wasn't it concluded? Well, that's Who knows what he's going to do? That's his okay. next movie after what he's doing now. Anyway. Boy. The thing I like, and we were talking about the opposite of our kind of people, right? Where I'm like, wait a minute, milk it. Most shows move it along. BMF, you don't need to tell that to move it along. This show is like whiplash. You're like, oh, whoa, move it. Which is helpful because some of the writing is not that great. Move it along. Move it along. Now, okay. could it use a little finesse? Yes. But I don't care. I'm not watching this for finesse. I like the cast. Is everybody perfect? No. But I'm going to tell you, just like Kanan, they casted this thing well. They really did. And Tasha Smith who is an actor, directed the first two episodes. I got to give her credit. Got to give her credit. She got her her producing credit. Give her credit. Because some of these kids, they have beat changes. I'm like, wait a minute now. Hold on. Hold on. So, it's hammering through. I'm cool with that right now. The first two episodes, I'm enjoying. My brother's enjoying it. We, there's some characters who are hilarious. There's one guy, the guy who um, has a baby mom and all that other stuff. His right-hand man is hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. So, look, if you like Kanan, this is your replacement. Thank you, 50 Cent. Well, you know what? If you have stars already because you were already on the power trip, <laughs> like oh, I did that. Oh, oh, oh. And you know, you're watching Outlander sneaking, you know, after you put the kids oh, away. And oh. um, something else was on stars. I felt like some uh, the girlfriend oh, experience. The girlfriend experience, yeah. You know, you might as well just watch this. You you're paying for it. You may as well just, you know. Yeah. And it's it has some style to it too. It's the 80s. You know, it, it's just like they look like run DMC in the first episode. Like it's hilarious. Uh, yeah. Why not? You know, here's the thing here. I'll just say this because, mm-hmm. you know, we went boom, boom, boom. I say by your reviews, Raising Canaan is right there. You, you can go back and watch it. It's on stars. Then watch, you know, while if you, I mean, if you really want to pick that Afro, watch that. Watch Wu-Tang, American Saga, uh, uh, season one. Watch this. And just get all of your 80s, 90s, out. <laughs> uh, let's do one more. Okay. TV, that is. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a sneak peek coming to us from Apple TV Plus. You know what? Shout out to Apple TV Plus. They're the only network, mm. maybe even Netflix, but boy, when something comes out, they give you access. Don't they? Don't. And I like that. I love it. I love Amazon it. too. Let's throw them in. Amazon does a good job too. So, yeah. you know, just hats off. It's just the other networks that have to come around to this. Cause if you give press that access, we can really, you know, dive in and, and, and have a good time with it and share. Mm-hmm. But, um, Acapulco, Acapulco, <laughs> uh, Mexico. Ah. Uh, what does it mean? <laughs> You'll tell us. 
forgot it's something long. The reeds, the reeds. the reeds. Yeah, something about the reeds. <laughs> but this is not that. This is um, coming out on October the 8th on a Friday. They like to do that. They like to, to release shows on yeah. Fridays. Yeah. Um, about 10 episodes. We know Apple. They don't go into the... They don't go past 13. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen it yet. I, I and they're not they going don't. to. Yeah. They're not mm-hmm. going to. There's no need. It's That's why you come to Apple TV Plus, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now, <laughs> there's somebody in this that everybody knows. Mm. Is that enough? Because <laughs> it, it is, it's, it's a certain celebration heritage month. Yeah. So, and I'm assuming that's why they released it now, but you will tell us about it. Yes. Um, so what it is, there is a, a multimillionaire, like hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, and it's like his nephew or whoever is talking to him about how he made his money. And his name is Maximo. And in present day, he's played by Eugenio Derbez. Now, if you see Eugenio, you'll go, oh, yeah, I've seen him somewhere. Yeah. So he's narrating to his nephew, whoever it is, how he made his money. And he takes us back to the 80s. Uh Uh-oh, 80s again. Uh Uh-oh. In Mexico. And he's living with his sister and his mother. And he got to bring in some money. Now, there is a resort in town, Las Colinas, that he and his good friend Memo, they want to work there. And if they can, they can work their way up. He has a dream to own Las Colinas. Oh, yeah. Now, there's a local guy who made it working at Las Colinas. And he had a little encounter with this guy. So, you know, it's kind of romanticized. He drives into the neighborhood, you know, and they regale him and all of that other stuff. So he goes to, you know, apply and get a job. And he comes across this man. Now, the man is not supposed to interview him. But he comes across him in his offices. And what is that like? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. Maybe he's not going to get what he expects. Hmm. Now, of course, he ends up getting a job at Las Colinas. Now, by the way, at Las Colinas, do not speak Spanish. You speak English. Ooh. Because it's a resort. He's yeah. coming. Right. You know, all us or them going down to Mexico. So, okay, you got to speak good English and so on. And while he's there, where does he get placed to work? Where does his friend get placed to work? What's that like and why? And can he learn the art of making money? Well, we know oh. he does. And does it well. Does it well. But how? How? And what about his mama? He needs to take care of her. She has some issues. She doesn't like Las Colinas, by the way. Oh. Because, you know, maybe there's some hedonism going on down there. (laughs) Oh, that's mama. Okay. And his sister is the rebel. You know, he's the apple of his mother's eye. Sister is like, mm. I shouldn't have said of his mother's eye. You'll see why if you watch the show. Now, look. Yo. This is what I would say. And I just watched the first episode. I will tell you that. It's half an hour. That's it. I will get to the rest probably and come back about the whole thing. But we wanted to get this out to you. 
Watching it, Ref, I was thinking of a show on Amazon Prime called Red Oaks. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yes, where the guy, you know, he worked as a tennis pro at a resort-type place and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Of course, we get the the whole Mexican perspective on top of it. And you get the whole Princess Bride concept of a voiceover, you know, where you have an older guy talking to a younger kid. It's that kind of thing. And I just enjoyed that. Yeah. I just enjoyed that. And I just, I would like to see the journey because it was fun. It was fun. And by the way, representative, who knew that you could do both? Who knew? Who knew (laughs) that you could just tell a story and not have to make everything woke? All right. So that's Acapulco. Thank you for that. <laughs> you know, you hear something over and over again in your head. I will hear is whoa, 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 whoa. All right, let's get, no, we need to get serious. We need to get serious because we're, we're about to talk about something that is uh, no laughing matter. No, no. You, no laughing matter. But I will tell you something. Somebody may be laughing themselves all the way to an award of mm. the highest order. Oh, why watch that sneak peek? We have a sneak peek for you listeners. Now, we are currently, I don't know why I'm whispering, but I feel like I have to. We are currently virtually at Sundance and we are watching movies, like uh, just watching them. Mm. And we came across this new movie called Mass, M-A-S-S. Now, what do you think about when you hear mass? You think of space quantity? Do you think of a huge amount? Do you think of of of, of mass like Catholic? Uh, yeah. Right, what do you church. think of? There's so many things. Well, we'll get into that. It is written and directed by Fran Kranz, the actor. Yeah. It's his directorial and as a writer debut. He's never done this before. Mm. The cast. <laughs> the cast. We have a why watch that favorite. In fact, you first started talking about Ann Dowd. I think was it the leftovers? It you better believe. Look, let me tell you something about the leftovers and Ann Dowd. Look, yo, I'm telling you, I the leftovers has some of the greatest performance. Look, they just <laughs> I threw watch- Regina King in the final two seasons. I mean, this is like Eddie. Oh, and I mean, I, this is what we've been dealing with, listeners, with Ann Dowd. <laughs> and of course, you know, she's in Handmaid's Tale, and she ain't no. Oh. This is a very different role. For her, um, Jason Isaacs is also in it. Reed Bernie mm. is in it. Um, he's you've seen him, Home for Dark, and yeah, you've, just, seen you've, you've seen him uh, like a lot, yeah. And um, Martha, Martha Plimpton is also in it. And you know, Martha's been in a lot of stuff, especially the 80s, mm-hmm. but I really <laughs> between that, between the good wife and the good fight. <laughs> Bring her babies her into the courtroom. Right, her and her kids. Get them, Martha. You know what? I am mad at you, Martha, with her wine glass in this Q&A. That's the main cast. I mean, we have like very, like a handful of other people, yeah. maybe two or three, three yeah. other people in this. And 
I know you're going to go through this plot. And it's a heavy topic mm-hmm. kind of plot. But I don't think anything is going to prepare the listeners for the type of experience. Yeah. So I think you should just go there. Mm-hmm. Because it's not much of a plot. Anyway. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I mean, what happens is everybody, they start the movie. We're at this Episcopalian church. The, the woman who works there comes in late. With her vest, with her, with her <laughs> She got like some bags for the grocery store. And then she's late, but she sits down and listens to a kid getting a piano lesson in the chapel. Okay. She goes down. There's a guy who works there. And she's like, oh, you know, I'm sorry. I'm late, blah, 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 blah. And they have to get this room together. Now, somebody else comes in. And we find out that this third character is a therapist of sorts. And she's checking out this room to make sure everything's right. I mean, up to... Yes, no, yes, no, yes. Yeah. Don't put the tissues here. Put them over there. What is this on the window? Oh, maybe Rearranging that's okay. seats. Yeah, the seats aren't right. Are we going to hear this music in here? So we're like, what is about to happen? And she's not going to be in the room, this therapist, at all. And we find that she's been working with a couple. Mm. Obviously, a tragedy has happened. They don't spell it out from the beginning. And this couple is going to meet with another couple. Mm. Two couples, two uh, sets of parents are going to meet. Only Mm. them in this room, in this Episcopalian church, in the basement in the back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And she says, normally, no one's in the building when this thing happens. Huh. Then enter Jason Isaacs, Martha Plimpton, and Dalreen Burning. Now, we first see Jason and Martha's characters in the car, don't want to go in. Oh. Especially Martha. She's like, no, keep driving. Mm-hmm. All right. They finally walk in. They get there first. Then Anne and Reed's characters come in. And it's cordial, but you know it's something very heavy here. I mean, from the the beginning, you know. And they get to talking. They get to talking about their kids and what they've been doing now. All right, and you find out that a major tragedy has happened. Mass Mm. is the title Mm. involving kids in high school. What do you think happened? Yeah. What do you think happened? Now, I'm not going to tell you who is whom here so you can find out. Yeah. And I'm not going to tell you whether people are alive or dead or anything like that. Yes. So they have to hash this out. What are they hashing out? Why are they here? Why do they need this? Is this going to be something that's even useful for them in the end? Mm. You are put through the ringer. We go through it. I mean, and that's about all I can tell you about this movie as a plot. Ref, when I saw this cast on the Sundance list, I was like, okay, topic. Oh, I don't know if I want to go there, but they can take me there. Yes. They can walk me through the phone book. I will go with these actors. (laughs) And I will tell you, everybody, this is some of the heaviest stuff you'll ever watch. And the ref and I are sticklers. If you're going to do a topic this series, you better land it. And I'm going to start with writer-director Fran Kranz. First time doing this, now, Fran in, in the Q&A talked about how, you know, this kind of thing inspired him when he heard about one of these terrible mass shootings. Yeah. Inspired him to really get to the bottom of this, the whole process of parents dealing with it. 
he did his research and it turned into this. It was once it was a play and then all of that. So he really was thinking about this topic and researching and, and, and really involved in it a lot and turned it into art. Yeah. And sometimes if you're so close to something, it can backfire. But sometimes at least to something like this, which yeah. we wouldn't call perfect. But when when they said we stuck to the script, because some of this stuff you go, OK, it sounds like a play like you can hear. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But some of it, I was like, do they ad lib that? Like when they said we stuck to the script, the beats are beautiful. Yes. Beautiful yes. watch. And this at the end is worth it. When you go through it with yeah. them, there is a payoff. There is a reason for them to tell this story. And these actors, Jason Isaacs comes in. He has a particular thought as this father. Yeah. Particular purpose for being in the room that he is has not an like agenda. his wife's. Duh. That's right. He has an agenda in the room and out of the room. Martha Plimpton playing his wife, completely different. She wants answers. Yes. She wants yes. answers. That's what it is. She don't want the nonsense. Don't bring it. Mm-hmm. We get to read Bernie, the other husband. He has made up his mind about what's going to happen in this room. How is he going to respond to that? Mm. right when it doesn't go his way yeah and it's almost like the two husbands are counterpoints and the two wives are as well because then we get to Ann Dowd as Reed Bernie's wife this woman is like an an avalanche of openness and emotion in the room and this was written and performed. That's the thing. They all have agendas that are clear on the page and on the screen yes. from these actors. These actors put on a masterclass. Yes, I, they did. I just cannot. This they could put it on the stage and it would work. The yes. Even watching it, you're like, ooh, what did they film? Where did they cut it? Like, did how much did you film of this? You will never see more impressive acting. You will never see. And yeah. wait till the end moment that got the ref and got me. Keep wait, you don't going. see it coming. Yeah, yeah. So I, I cannot praise them enough. I think that these actors are treasures. I I, I applaud Fran again. First time coming out and doing this. Oy. But know everybody in the ref will, of course, take over. This is a rough watch. It is rough. Yes, I was going to say, yeah. You are going to be put through the ringer, but I will say it's worth it. This is, um, I, there's nothing I can really add to that. So I am going to come at it from a different, I agree with every, every single thing that you said, mm-hmm. everything. I echo it. Um, if I just have to dig a little deeper into the rough watch. If you are, if there are, th- this is about, grieving and loss now what what that means we're not going to tell you what kind of grieving and what kind of loss it's how to deal with that and it does go into some very deep very deep places that i think if you're if that has happened in your life in any form i think we have to tell you that that it's not there it's not it's almost like similar to the movie that we watched about you know suicide and all that stuff you really do the disclaimer needs to be there because with parents who are either grieving or wanting answers or whatever whatever they're do whatever the subject matter is in this case fran does not shy away with the hard questions yeah and that's hard to do in writing to to not to it's it's almost it was it would be almost better you think 
to have the actors mine and riff that and have mm-hmm. it a little more um, improvised. But it just goes to show you just how good of a writer he was in this project that when those hard questions were asked, the hard questions were answered and the actors re- were required to go there. And many of them said in the Q&A that it just, Martha in particular said, I just, the, it was on the page. You, you had yeah. nowhere to go but there. Right. You had nowhere. The tears were a byproduct because yes. you're going Can there. You say that again. The tears were a byproduct, byproduct because you're going there, Ugh. and everybody's going there in their characters' form. Mm-hmm. I the only thing that I have to say, and not to knock it or anything, but to human to bring it down because we're we're floaty with it. Right. We're just like, oh my gosh, it's great, it's wonderful. I will have to say that I would run at the chance to see this on stage and probably would enjoy it better because the camera setup of some of the angles, especially when you have actors going through these raw places, a lot of times the camera was on the person going through it. And as a person who is wanting to be in the room, I kind of wanted you to show the people in the room reacting Mm-hmm. to what was happening so i really did think that you know it more if, of that. i'm trying mm-hmm. to find a crack in this in fran's armor and the crack right. is the technical end of 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 the movie it's the technical aspects with the camera placement the shaky camera yeah the, you know all of that when do you stand up when do you move away when, from the table yeah some of the yeah. blocking was mm-hmm. was was clunky but that's that if, if you're giving me that right <laughs> and you've got this amazing it's just an amazing experience mm. on screen. I'll take it. Yeah. So my recommendation to you, along with the critics' recommendation, is, uh, yeah, yes, mm. see it. But if you know that you're in a space right now and you've had a, a background of severe loss, severe yeah. loss, tragic, just tragedy, tragic loss. Yeah. yeah, it's probably better. Tragic loss. I think. It could be therapeutic, but you really need to proceed with, you just assess yourself to see if you're ready to go there because they require everybody to go there. But for the, for most of us, I think it was such a beautiful place to be. Yeah. So if you want to see mass, I am quite sure you'll be able to see it. You'll have access to it again at the time of Sundance as we're taping. It has not been, um, uh, we don't know who the distributor is yet. Yeah. Um, we know it'll get picked up. I'm pretty sure about that. But if you really want to see it, we just, we don't walk, run, yeah. run to y- y- your theater, to your home, wherever. Oh, yeah. And run I, to see it. Ref, piggybacking yes. off of what you're saying, watch it in a place where you're safe. So if, if mm-hmm. that's with people you love, who you need to support, like do it that way. Yeah. You don't have to go it alone. Um, yeah. This will be something that you can share at the end of it. So uh, that just to make that clear, everybody, do it in a way where you feel safest. Yes. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.